are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Wednesday, January 2nd, and a happy new year out there, despite the things we talk about here in our dark little corner of the internet here on the Locked On Pistons podcast. This is your boy, Matt Shook, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in the Motor City covering the NBA for the Associated Press and the Detroit News, a Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys in a sports newspaper for over reporter for over a decade as well. Thank you for the listen. I appreciate you guys coming on board. If it's your resolution to listen to Locked On Pistons every episode, we really appreciate that. Let's keep those resolutions going throughout the year. Today we're going to look back at another absolute beatdown on Tuesday night, on New Year's night in Milwaukee, same year, or New Year, same old story for the Pistons so far. We're also going to give a little bit of a, a state of Andre Drummond after some harsh words from ESPN.com's Zach Lowe recently that will fill you in on what Zach had to say and just some thoughts I've had about Andre recently. We're also going to look ahead to the second half of a back-to-back coming up on Wednesday night, and we know how NBA teams usually do on back-to-backs, and uh, these Pistons have shown no life and no signs that they're going to dig down deep or make some big changes or anything like that, but the Pistons will be in Memphis tonight for some more NBA action. That's right, some more Pistons basketball to whet your appetite a little in case you didn't get enough on Tuesday night, but this is Give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore after that, is the Twitter handle, and also Locked on Pistons is the Twitter handle there, and check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook, really appreciate all the follows. But to start, you know, I guess I'll do my Matt Patricia impersonation here, starting every press conference with, look, or uh, again, you know, just sounding perturbed right as it starts, because... Um, I'm in a Matt Patricia talking to the media type of mood about this team right now, as, as I would imagine many of you are also. Pistons dropped another one on Tuesday night, ringing in 2019 a lot like they ended 2018, 121-98 at Milwaukee. I mean, talk about a team that absolutely owns the Pistons right now, Central Division rivals. Can't really call it a rivalry at this point, obviously, but look no further than the Bucks. I guess the Charlotte Hornets are another team that pretty much Hands it to the Pistons every time right now. Two beatdowns in Milwaukee in the last month. Another win in Detroit for the Bucks as well a couple weeks back. The Pistons actually led this one 27-25 late in the first quarter. The Bucks went on a 10-0 run after that and just mollywhopped the Pistons. The rest of the way after that, 29 points for Blake, rebound, for Blake Griffin and 9 rebounds. Sorry, a little bit late as I tape this here. Um, after Dark edition of the Locked on Pistons podcast. And as you guys, I would imagine, can attest, it's been a long holiday season, long couple days, especially with New Year's, squeezed in there too, spent some time with some great friends and really had a great time, just like I hope you guys did too, and and hopefully pulled away from this team a little bit as I have over the past couple weeks. But we're going to get right into it, try to fix what ails us, and uh, figure out the diagnosis, the prognosis, the uh, what to do, what the plan is, all that good stuff going forward. But um, 19 points on Tuesday night for Reggie Jackson, who was kind of good, especially early. 15 points for Andre Drummond. If you're looking for a highlight for the Pistons, 13 points off the bench for Kyrie Thomas, the second-round rookie out of Creighton, a career high for him. He made two threes, his best game by far. So, again, looking for a bright spot, that's the way to look. He got minutes because, in part, um, because it was a blowout, first of all, but um, Stanley Johnson did not play because of a thigh contusion. 
Uh, nothing official on that until after the game, so free to speculate during the game and on Twitter and all that stuff about him, uh, especially given that it's New Year's and all that good stuff. But um, sounds like he just has a minor injury. And no way to stop Milwaukee without the, the best defensive player, especially the way these guys are going offensively right now. 15-8-7 for Giannis, who pretty much took the game off as he did the first time in Milwaukee for the Pistons, um, except the murder of John Luer on a ridiculous dunk that he had during this game that almost got me out of my seat. Almost. I, I, there's a few things that I'll stand up for these days, especially in my holiday malaise of um, overeating and overindulging and all that good stuff. But 25 points for Brooke Lopez. He was a big difference in this one. 7 of 12 from 3. The crowd going nuts in Milwaukee where they've got it rolling for Coach Mike Budenholzer right now. Can you imagine, and I tweeted about this, can you imagine how badly the Pistons would lose a first-round series against this Milwaukee Bucks team? You know, disregarding if there was a future injury or something like that. But uh, just a down place in Pistons' world, especially uh, here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. But for the, for the Stones, uh, that brief Jose Calderon magic that we had for a stretch there in December, that's gone uh, fairly predictably, I guess, with a 37-year-old backup point guard, that that wasn't going to hold up. But uh, depressing to think that um, Reggie Jackson and Jose Calderon, your point guards, Ish Smith, sounds like a little bit of progress is being made, but not as quickly as they would have thought from the uh, growing injury that he has. So, and we and when you're talking about Ish Smith, or an expiring guy who um, hopefully, if, if for nothing else, needs to get healthy so he can show that he is healthy and can be productive for other teams as kind of a tryout of a guy who might be able to fetch a second-round pick or something like that at the trade deadline. So something to think about for Pistons fans there if you're looking at realistic ways that this franchise can get better through the rest of the season. And, you know, you can still hold on hope for the eighth seed. Certainly they're in position to, to put things together in the second half of the season and possibly get back at to that kind of level. But... Uh, you know, it's not looking like this is anything like the the team that could have won a first-round series or something like that. And I know it's a long season to go, but just not a lot to feel great about with this roster, with this franchise right now. Even Dwayne Casey, and he showed a little fire at the end of the game uh, about a uh, an elbow on Langston Galloway that he wanted the refs to take a look at and then kind of got disrespected a little bit by one of the refs that said, go ahead and send it in, as opposed to taking a look at it on the film. I mean, they look at every freaking other thing else on film during NBA games. You'd think they'd be able to uh, to take a look at that. But at some point, we're going to have to start taking a look at Dwayne Casey, and it's year one. You get the year one free pass, like Patricia does with the Lions and all that stuff. But uh, And, I, you know, no reason to get super critical about Dwayne Casey quite yet, but we're all making our observations. We're all... Uh, making our lists and checking it twice about uh, what we think about the first-year coach here and what's it going to take to get some consistency around here, some fire, some pride. Um, some of that stuff wouldn't hurt either with this team. With the Pistons now 16-19 and 19 on the season, the new low watermark for the year, three games under five hundred for the first time this season. By the way, Zaza Pachulia sat out Tuesday. He's got a contusion as well. Um, it sounds like he will not be playing tonight. In addition to that, the Pistons in Memphis tonight at 8 o'clock. We're going to talk about the Grizzlies a little bit later on in the show. But up next, we're going to talk about Andre Drummond as it relates to a Zach Lowe recent article from ESPN.com that drew the ire of a lot of Pistons fans and Andre supporters and Andre haters. And we know people on both sides of that ledger 
are out there. But if your company looking for a new way to reach customers, your company can be mentioned right here, right now on Locked on Pistons. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their favorite shows. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and more earning power than traditional media audiences. So have your company sponsor Locked on Pistons. Go ahead and email me at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com to find out more. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk about tonight's opponent, the Memphis Grizzlies, a back-to-back for the Pistons. But I wanted to talk a little bit about Andre Drummond on today's show. The news is pretty much that Zach Lowe had this to say about Drummond in a recent 10 Things I Like column that he does that came out on Friday of last week. The thing was, the headline was, Andre Drummond bonking hooks. And obviously meaning that he's bricking hooks really badly. And then he showed a couple of highlights during his write-up. But we don't need to see those highlights as Pistons fans. We've seen plenty over the past seven years. But he goes on to say, Drummond is averaging a career-high 17.7 points per game and leads the league in rebounding. So why does it feel like he's not having that good of a season? Went on to show a couple of highlights there. Uh, Zach continues... Drummond is shooting a pitiful 30% from hook-slash-floater range, i.e. short twos outside of the restricted area, and he's taking more this season. Connected, his free-throw shooting has sunk to 52%, a massive improvement over his early career norm, but a drop-off from his 61% mark last season. End quote. Uh, Zach also passed along some of the post-up numbers for Drummond, which are ridiculously bad. We've talked about that on this show ad nauseum. But he is ranked 103rd out of 113 players that have enough qualified post-ups in terms of uh, efficiency per 100 possessions of his post-up shots or shots that came directly from his passes. And also uh, pointed out that there's some bad lineup data out there for the Pistons when Drummond is out there without Blake Griffin on the floor. So, and it's kind of an argument with Andre Drummond that's basically at the center of how you feel about Drummond and the Pistons at this point. And that's about Andre Drummond's defense. You know, do you see him as, you know, nobody sees him as an elite rim protector or anything like that, a Rudy Gobert or anything like that. But, um, Basically, how you feel about Andre is a lot about his defense. Do you feel like he's pretty much an adequate big man defensively, or do you think he's someone who struggles? We all know that he struggled a lot early on in his career and that he has improved throughout his career about his uh, his defense overall, but how much improvement and where he kind of stacks up uh, in terms of other top centers in the league and other centers in the league in general, is pretty much lock and step about probably how you feel about him as a cornerstone of any franchise, and especially this franchise, as a 25-year-old, with all the development that's gone on around his game. And we also know that this about defensive data. Um, and that's what, you know, it, it all comes down to data these days, especially on podcasts like this, especially on uh, you know Twitter and all that good stuff about all the arguments about the NBA. You got your eye test and you got your, your data. But with the data side of it, there's really not a whole lot uh, great stuff uh, in terms of defensive data. But Zach uh, went out uh, on to point out that this is the steals and block counting numbers are pretty good. They stack up pretty favorably with other centers around the league. But the rim protection... Uh, advanced numbers aren't very good. And also the pick-and-roll defense, something that he did pretty well at when he was asked to be a little bit more aggressive under Stan Van Gundy in the last few years. But my eye test says that he's never really been effective as a defender um, in terms of you know anything 
very, very useful or very, very productive in terms of uh, the defense. If he's not stopping guys in the post or making an impact other than a few games here and there. We've talked about it on this show. There has been a couple of games where he stood out in a good way defensively throughout this season. But certainly Tuesday night and and lately in general, that has not been the case. And uh, here's how Zach wrapped up the write-up about uh, Andre Drummond, which is a really short piece, and check it out if you haven't seen it. But uh, he says, uh, and I quote, Drummond is now essentially an elite garbage man, unstoppable on the offensive glass, and a nimble finisher when Griffin threads him the ball near the rim. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not worth the $27 million dollars when it doesn't come with major plus defense. Now, first of all, Andre, end quote. First of all, Andre Drummond makes $25.4 million this year, $27 million next year. So that's kind of the, the high watermark of what he's guaranteed to receive um, in this contract. And then there's the following year, which is a player option for $28.7 million. Obviously, that's a lot of money. And uh, in a vacuum, you take that money if you're Andre Drummond. But, you know, you're, you're still going to just be 27 years old at that point if he comes off of a good season next year. I think it's conceivable that maybe he turns down that player option and looks for a longer deal, especially, you know, maybe you don't get that AAV average annual value of $28.7 million. But if you want to lock down a longer, uh, another five-year deal for 25 or 26 or something like that, you could certainly see that happening, especially if the cap goes up these next couple of years. Um, but that, and that's the other thing that has to be talked about as far as Andre Drummond or any great player, any very good player, any, any player really in the NBA is, is especially when you're talking about a quasi franchise player. And based on those contract numbers, he is one of those for the Pistons in terms of uh, a guy you're kind of building your franchise around when you're making that kind of money. In addition to obviously Blake Griffin and the huge numbers that he makes on the contract. But man, it feels like for a guy who, we can all agree does at least three or four things very well with elite rebounding on both sides of the um, court being uh, the thing that obviously stands out the most about him, probably the best rebounder in basketball. I, I don't want to hear this about he's one of the best rebounders in history. Um, I know that some of the numbers are favorable to that, but we know as watching this games that, I don't know, anywhere from a rebound and a half to on the on the very low conservative end to something like two and a half maybe closer to three rebounds, are off of his own misses. We know that some of that. And, and I encourage you, some of you guys that listen and some of you guys that are around Twitter, maybe someone can dig up the numbers on that. I don't know of a really efficient way to find out um, how many rebounds he's getting, especially on the offensive glass that are off of his easy some uh, his misses, first of all, which are often very easy misses that he just kind of fumbles around in the post a little bit. But um, it feels like there's a way that you could harness – those three or four things that he does very well and not take too many of the other things that he doesn't do well in terms of making that be very harmful to your team, having those things be things he takes off the table. And uh, maybe that, you know, if you can harness some of the things he does well and uh, be a consistent type of all-star player in the East, which by the way, I don't think he's an all-star right now at this point in the season, especially with the way the Pistons are playing three games under 500. I certainly put Blake ahead of Andre Drummond in the Eastern Conference front court reserve situation. And certainly I'm not someone who's going to be advocating the Pistons of getting two players on the all-star team the way this team is playing with complete garbage right now, basically since that Golden State win on December 1st to start a tough stretch with the December schedule. I, I did think that he was an all-star and the Pistons deserved Two all-stars, and, and not that they, uh, the Pistons as a team deserve it. There's two ways of looking at it, that uh, the individuals all deserve it, or, or does the team success dictate um, 
how many guys you get on the team. I think it's a mixture of those things, but I just don't think that either of those standards are really working out in Andre Drummond's favor in terms of getting into Charlotte and playing in the NBA All-Star game for a second straight season and third time in his career this year. I just don't think it's going to happen as of right now and not a lot of time for him to turn that case around. Although there is time and we will see if there's a way the Pistons can turn around. Zach Lowe, he also talked about the culprits that are bringing him down with his game right now. The post-ups, he threw out some of the numbers there, uh, which just has to stop uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, throwing the jump shooting in there is a, is a minor thing because he's not doing it a whole lot, but anytime you hear George or Matt Shepard lately say um, Andre Drummond throws up a, a three-pointer, you just want to puke. Um, ineffective offense and at times invisible defense is the way that uh, Drummond's season has gone. The counting numbers look pretty good. The double-doubles are great. The 2020s every now and then are uh, something that we can hang our hats on sometimes, but uh, when things aren't going well, he's a guy that's easily someone you can kind of point fingers at. And uh, with Zach Lowe bringing that in the spotlight last week, I wanted to throw that out to you guys as well. And according to Keith Langlois of Pistons.com, a writer we like, and a guy i got to get on the podcast, by the way. I've still never had him on. Keith and I uh, are friendly and, and friends, I guess, at the game uh, games when I'm there. But he passed along on Twitter that uh, the Bucks, um 42 of the 68 points that they had in the first half were in the paint. So 42 points in the paint for the Bucks in the first half as they took complete control against the lessless Pistons squad that looks like it is ripe for a sell, right for a trade, ready, right for a retool, and uh, just ugly there for the for the lane to just be wide open for the Detroit Pistons, the team of Ben Wallace, the team of Dennis Rodman, the team that used to be prideful, the team that used to stand for something, and um, we will see if that's something that turns around with this team in the short term or with this front office in the intermediate term as they think about ways to rebuild and retool this team because I think we're, we're there. We need to start thinking in those ways. And hopefully Reggie Bullock or Ish Smith and some of those guys are able to build some value and uh, be traded off as assets to other teams, possibly here at the trade deadline. Maybe Reggie Jackson can get his value up to where he can be something like a neutral asset, possibly this summer when he's only got one year left on his deal. But uh, not a lot of great things that we're going to be talking about here in the short term unless this team turns around pretty quickly. But again, uh, not too far off from the Eastern Conference playoffs and um, could be a team that sneaks in. And once you get in, I'm not going to uh, kid around that the, the thing that this team could make a run. But anyway, let's move on for now. The Locked On Podcast Network doing unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow on Twitter at Net. You get all the hosts of all the shows on one feed, great during game days and breaking news with a local perspective on all what's going on around the league. And on Instagram, check out Net. Got the big stories in just one minute on the stories at the top of your Instagram app and also longer cuts on the biggest stories in your regular Instagram feeds as well. So make sure you follow Locked on NBA Net on both Twitter and Instagram. And up next, we're going to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, the Pistons um, opponent tonight, second half of a back-to-back. We're going to be talking about them next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked on Network, your team every day. <laughs> well, Jim Bob Cooter is out of a job, so you know there's going to be a lot to talk about this week with the Locked on Lions podcast. Bob Quinn supposed to be talking to the media sometime in the next couple of days as well. Matt Derry, formerly of Detroit Radio, he's got a daily look at those guys. I'll be watching some more Michigan basketball this week on Thursday and also with an upcoming game there. Going to check out the Eastern Michigan basketball team on Friday night as well for the Associated Press. But Isaiah Holt's got the Locked on Wolverines podcast 
Will Hunter's got the Locked On Spartans podcast. Check it all out on the network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Make it your resolution to get more involved with the Locked On Podcast Network. And get in touch with me on the Google Voice line, 810-666-1546, and just let me know what you think. How are you getting through this time? Send me a text, or I prefer the voicemails, actually. We can play those on the show. I got a slot here for you at the beginning of the third segment for the best voicemails. I like to give topics, but you got some resolutions for this team, um, some ideas at the trade deadline. We're getting close to that time. I don't like to spend all sorts of time talking about trades, but uh, it's that time of year. And uh, when the team is struggling like this, they are um, not much else to talk about at times. But let's now let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies tonight's opponent, eight o'clock, and um, this is the first time the Pistons are going to be playing Memphis of two times this year. Heath Langlois of Pistons.com pointed out on Tuesday night during the game against the Bucks that this might be a candidate for a Blake Griffin rest game. So something to keep an eye on when the uh, 1:30 report comes on. I like to I usually tweet about that every day. So. Um, take a look at my Twitter account as I'll tweet out the the one thirty early report that uh, I see, and um, or someone else for that matter. Maybe some other Pistons might get a rest. Looking at Andre Drummond's guys like that that uh, have played a lot of games and thrown a lot of miles on those legs. As we're not even at the uh, the midpoint in the season so far. The Pistons, by the way, I didn't mention this earlier. Despite all the losses, despite the December that they had, still inside the Eastern Conference playoffs at the number eight seed. Unreal to think about that. But Memphis, a team that was once the one seed very early out west, now outside the playoff picture, right at 500 in the Western Conference at 18 and 18. A little bit of turmoil for the franchise right now in the news as Chandler Parsons says that he is ready to go, but the team is holding him out. With an injury. So a little bit of strife. Where is this team going? Which direction are they going? Does it sound familiar to you as a Pistons fan? But uh, the Grizzlies went on a recent five-game losing streak and have now lost seven of nine games. Their last game was a loss to the Houston Rockets on New Year's Eve. Most of the team uh, that they've lost to recently in this stretch have been pretty good teams, so it's not like they're in a huge tailspin like the Pistons, but they're they're kind of just finding that level of where they were at after the uh, the, the hot start to the season. But uh, they're kind of finding out where they are and leveling off right now there. So a lot like a certain team that I know well that I follow uh, very closely if you get my drift. But Mike Conley and uh, Mark Gasol, they are back and healthy and doing it right now, which is kind of comforting, actually, after all their playoff battles that they had with some of those teams out west, uh, formerly with Zach Randolph, of course. The grit and grind team with Tony Allen with the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. But uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., the Michigan State stud, he's been the third. He's the third pick of the draft. He's been terrific for them so far this season, averaging 13 points and 4.5 rebounds per game. But just not a lot else on this roster, as you, as you would expect by looking up and down this roster right now. It's a team that I expect to be outside of the playoffs. Not a playoff team this season, and a team really that has a lot in common with the Pistons, trying to retool on the fly with a couple of established players in Gasol and Conley, kind of similar. Uh, not in terms of uh, positioning and, and makeup and stuff like that, but uh, but Drummond and Griffin being a couple of established guys that have made all-star teams and all that. So not easy to uh, to retool on the fly like that. Got to thread the needle a little bit. They're helped out by the mini tank that they had last year when they got the injuries. The one-year tank that got them Jaron Jackson Jr. with Conley out for most of last season. So He's a nice piece that is already helping the Grizzlies this year, but uh, especially, I mean, out west. I mean, man, they've got to be thinking, 
how the hell do I get in the Eastern Conference? How do I get in the position that the Pistons are in, a team that they are certainly better than and probably have less of a chance of making the playoffs than when you when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies and the Detroit Pistons. Uh, um, it's Memphis, and it, it, geographically it's not super far west. So if they had some juice, if they were more of a established organization, you wonder if they could get into Adam Silver's ear and get them out to the Eastern Conference. But um uh, it got to be frustrating a little bit for Memphis Grizzlies fans as they're in a little bit of a tailspin schedule-wise like the Pistons are, but uh, certainly learning that they're maybe certainly not the type of team that was you know 12-5 and five to start the season and uh, was rolling for a little bit there. So, again, a lot of very similar things about this team. Again, uh, another all-NBA formerly type of uh, center in Marc Gasol, who uh, is great. You know, offensively and defensively for his team over the years. So it'll be interesting to see how Andre Drummond reacts to that kind of challenge. We know he usually doesn't do well against the top centers around the league. But the Pistons, depending on where you look in terms of the sporting books, they are five or six point dogs. A little bit lower than I expected, actually, to be honest, especially with the Pistons coming off of a back to back here in Milwaukee to start the new year. But um, the numbers suggest that uh, maybe the Pistons are due for a pretty good game, given that they're on a little bit of a losing streak right now and all the tough games that they've had lately. But if you, if I, if I were a betting man, I would probably be laying cash on the Grizzlies and giving up that five or six points without much of a hesitation, actually. But give me a follow on social media at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H on Twitter, another underscore after that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. Check us out on Facebook, Locked on Pistons dash Matt Shook. Give us a like there and also give us a rating and review on iTunes. We really appreciate you guys sticking with us through the losing streaks, through the tough times as the calendar turns. We will try to get through this and figure out a way to um, entertain each other. Uh, Get some interesting content out in 2019. Get some guests. Talk about the glory days if we have to like we did a lot during last season. And how we feel like the best way forward is the other options that are out there for this front office, for this franchise, and how to establish a new identity for Dwayne Casey and this team and what cast of characters that would entail to get Detroit back to the top of the NBA world. But this is your host, Matt Shook of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year once again to all you guys. And uh, enjoy the game against Memphis tonight, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.